Welcome to No Heart Left Behind's Hope in the Heart of Family Life podcast. I'm your host and executive director of No Heart Left Behind, Alicia Stickles. If we're honest, family life can be hard. Family can be our greatest blessing, but also the source of our deepest wounds. At No Heart Left Behind, we have a passion to empower families to thrive with the Word of God and the love of Christ. So each week, we're going to have real conversations about hard issues facing families today. It is our hope that you would be equipped with practical tools based on biblical principles for when life happens and relationships get messy. In other words, how do we flesh out all those Bible verses we know when life isn't looking like we had hoped? If you're in a season of family life that feels hopeless or you have a heart to navigate the challenges of family well, but just don't know how, you're in the right spot. So whether you are driving in your car or checking off one of your honeydews, pop in those earbuds and come find hope in the heart of family life with us. Welcome everybody to No Heart Left Behind's first podcast episode, Hope in the Heart of Family Life. I am so excited to be here. My name is Alicia. I am the executive director of No Heart Left Behind and the host for this podcast, and I am here with the founder slash lead belief therapist, and I think my favorite title, mom, Abby Shields. Yay! Yay! (laughs) So it's weird because I don't know, do I call you Abby or do I call you mom? Just don't call me late for dinner. Okay. (laughs) I think I'm going to call you mom because that's like... I, I like mom. Okay. Good. So, No Heart Left Behind, right? Um, We are a ministry that was founded about 17 years ago, and our heart is really to support and empower families to thrive with the Word of God and the love of Christ through counseling, mentorship, and community programs. And I know I just said a lot, but so basically, we're really about families. families. Mm -hmm. And really, this idea for a podcast started... uh, couple years ago, right after COVID, because, you know, we're a very, you know, events-driven ministry. We would have a lot of gatherings and classes to talk about different aspects of family life. And, you know, through COVID and people not really gathering the same way they used to. And, um, yeah, we, we felt it was really necessary and very important to be able to get this information out to families because we've seen how the Word of God and the love of Christ can truly help families. And so uh, Alicia came up with the idea <laughs> of the podcast because I'm 72 and have no clue what any of this is. Yeah, you were basically like... I'm a deer in headlights with all What's of this. a podcast? <laughs> <laughs> so so anyway, anyway, she came up with this idea and it's a great idea so that you can be sitting in... Uh, your home with a cup of coffee, or you could be driving in your car and to be able to have the airwaves be able to minister to your hearts, even though we're not there in person. Yes, we're because because families are, are busy these days, right. especially and, young families with kids. I'm one of them. I have three boys, um, 11, 9, and 6. And so I love podcasts because it just allows me to get filled up and grow and learn and, um, you know, on the go because you're on the go. I'm on the go all the time. So I really just wanted to take this first episode just to kind of understand 
the heart of the podcast, what we're going to be doing here, what does it mean, hope in the heart of family life. And um, I, I think, personally, that to understand the heart of the podcast, you really have to understand the heart of the ministry. Right. And so that's kind of, they're kind of go together. So, like I said, the ministry was founded, what, is it 16 or Almost 17, 17 years. This January, it'll we will start our 17th year. Wow, I can't believe it's been that long. But I really feel like the heart of the ministry is really birthed out of our own story as a family. Um, simply, and what I mean by that is I just mean we were just one of those lost and broken families that had a lot of abuse and dysfunction and, you know, you and dad were, were really on the verge of divorce. Absolutely. And um, Jesus just came along and started picking up the pieces and putting them back together again. And and it wasn't that easy. It wasn't no. that Jesus came into our life and bibbidi-bobbidi-boo, we were well. It, it has been a journey over 30 years to get to the point where we are now. But yeah. But it's been worth it. Yeah. I always tell my mom, I always tell you that, you know... We're a lot healthier than we used to be, and it's not that we don't have dysfunction. We just know what our dysfunction right. is and how God has healed it and spoken into it. Right. <laughs> yes. Yeah. I can remember her coming to me and saying, Mom, you know what? I've realized that um, we have serious problems, but the differences between us and other families is we recognize and, and acknowledge it and then seek Christ to heal it. Yeah. So it was messy. Through all of that... Um, long and messy process, I mean, God really opened your eyes to a lot of truths that have now impacted hundreds of other families in our community and beyond. Right. You know, it's funny, Alicia, that um, I have many degrees about behind my name, but the one that I uh, travel the country speaking and teaching and then also counseling from the Word of God is my doctorate degree in life experiences. You know, um, life experiences like my struggle with depression or the death of a child or my husband's disbarment from the legal profession and the subsequent loss of all material possessions that left me bankrupt, both financially and spiritually. But it was out of that that God taught me and I began to see that you cannot fix spiritual issues because it's an issue, it's a problem of the heart with worldly solutions okay it is the problems that we have come out of our spiritual issues yeah it's you always tell me it's a heart issue right and it's funny so um one of the slogans that we use at no heart left behind um is at let me make sure i get this right at the heart of every problem is a problem of the heart what does that mean exactly and and tell us a little bit about like where that where that came from it's a funny story on how it all came together um it started with a foster child of ours who came into our bedroom she was scared she had a um, crazy dream and she came into the bedroom and wanted to crawl in bed with us well because she was a foster child we did not let her sleep in the bed with us and so I yelled at her because she woke me up um, the more like Godzilla than a loving mother and I said young lady get back to bed 
all right? You are not going to sleep with us. And kind of yelled at her, unfortunately. And as she walked away with crocodile tears streaming down her face, she stopped and put her hands on her hip and turned and looked at me and said, you hurt my heart. And so it was at that moment that God made me, now you, that God made me realize that a lot of the problems we have, that all of the problems that we have are problems of the heart, which is your spirit, okay? And so as that recognition of the problem began, I began to see in God's word over and over and over again the number of scripture that referenced the heart. Ezekiel 36, 26 says, I will put a new heart in you. And there there are numerous other ones, but the one that really began to form the foundation of the ministry was Proverbs 4, 20 through 23. And in that scripture... Yeah, I mean, I feel like that foundationally, you know, for the podcast and for the ministry is really what it's about. And what I love about what you do with the scriptures is that, you know, I think sometimes we can encounter a problem or a trial in our life and people are just quick to like slap a verse on it and everything is fine. But just the way God has gifted you to really unpack the scriptures and be able to apply them so that healing and um, freedom freedom can come now in the circumstances. Right. Just incredible. So I'm really excited for you to unpack this for all of us. So Proverbs 4, 20 through 23 says, my son. And so I don't know about you, but my Bible has my name in it. So whenever I see things like that, instead of saying my son, it's like God is talking directly to me and he says, hey, Abby, Abby, pay attention to what I say and turn your ear to my words. Do not let them out of your sight, but keep them within your heart for they are life to those who find them and health to a man's whole body. Above all else, guard your heart. For out of it comes the life spring of life. Wellspring. Wellspring of life. <laughs> I mean, I like life spring. Yeah, well, That's good. <laughs> it's all about life anyway. Okay, okay so, well, so unpack that for us, all right. please. So we're going to take that apart and basically take a look at it. And it says, first of all, pay attention to my words. And the word is the word of God. It's That's why I love scripture, because it's God himself, through the Holy Spirit, speaking to us to teach us how to have life here on earth before we have life in heaven. So it says, pay attention to my words and then keep them within your heart. Why? Because they are life to those who find them. That's the first thing. Pay attention to the words of God because they are life to those who find them. What kind of life? Spiritual life. That's where he wants us to plant his word is in our spirit. Okay, because it'll bring us alive and our spirit will come alive. And then out of that, it says, and health to a man's whole body. Now, health to a man's whole body has to do with your soul. And it's soul care. And your soul is where you do your deepest thinking, which then leads to an emotion, which then leads to an action. And so it says, for they they are uh, health to a man's whole body. What kind of health? The first one is mental health, what you think. Okay. The second part is emotional health because what you think leads to an emotion and it's out of that emotion that you then have an action. But then he comes along and says, above all else. He doesn't say if you get around to it or if you have time 
or eh, think about it, he says, baby girl, above all else, above all else, guard your heart. Well, that's part of the problem in life is that I grew up, my heart was not guarded. My spirit was not guarded. I grew up in a family that was very dysfunctional with alcoholism and sexual abuse, and the list could go on and on. But, so my heart wasn't guarded. And that's when I saw that it was God was saying, you now from here on out can not only learn to guard your heart, but then in raising your children, you can have help them guard their heart because you're going to guard your children's heart with the word of God and his love for them. So I know having hung out with you for forever, 40 years, <laughs> um, you always draw this diagram when you're talking about these issues. Well, have, yeah. <laughs> so as best as you can, like if you had... I know you always draw a little stick figure and you have a heart and you divide that heart up into, isn't it three parts? Three parts. Am I getting this right? right. So what, that that really to me kind of unpacks Proverbs for right. 20 through 24. Right. So what, what are those three parts? Okay. Like what well, is, we're a tri-dimensional being. Alrighty. And so that means that there's three parts of us. And so the first part, and everyone is created like this. There's no one on earth that God hasn't created you in this manner. And the first part is your earth suit. That's your body. Okay, I call it an earth suit um, because that's all it's good for. It, it encompasses, it, it holds something else that couldn't live here if it wasn't in the earth suit. Just mm -hmm. like you put your body in a space suit because the body can't function in outer space. Yep. So it is with us. So that's the first part. But where I look as a counselor is in the inner part, the other two pieces. And the other two pieces are, I draw two hearts and I show them, I say, this is what's inside your earth suit. And the outer part is your soul. Your soul is where you do your deepest thinking, which leads to an emotion, which then leads to an action. All that kind of stuff all you just kind, talked all about. All the kind yep. of stuff I just talked about, okay? And so too often people stop by looking at the soul, but the problem in life is deeper because we are spirit beings. We were created in God's image and God is spirit. And so that third part is where I look. It's important to look at your spirit because the spirit is where your belief systems are formed. And right in the middle of the word belief is the word lie. And so the whole dynamics of life in the Christian walk is exchanging the lie with the truth of God. And so, because what you believe to be true is what you then think on. What you think on then creates an emotion, which then creates the action, which then causes you to either live according to truth, which is God's word, or live according to the lies you believe, which is uh, the messages that you get from Satan of this world. Yeah, and I think, I think that's one thing that I really love um, just about the ministry and, and, and also for this podcast is that, you know, we're not after behavior modification. No, not at all. Or <laughs> given seven steps to better parenting because... Right. I feel like you really cannot detach the spirit from, from the soul. And right. if you want, you know, I think the, the, the catchphrase these days is, is mental health and, right. and you can't detach the mental health side from the, the spiritual spirit. issues, exactly. which goes back to what we were saying earlier is that you can't 
fix spiritual issues with with worldly, with things. worldly things. Right. So great. You know, I think for me, when I think about the heart of this podcast and the heart of the ministry, my heart really goes to Matthew seven, twenty-four through twenty-seven. Um you know, the context of that, Jesus is giving instructions for kingdom living. And um, in the middle of that, he talks about two builders. And it's funny, I'm actually doing a Bible study on this right now, teaching um, a Bible study to some ladies, and it's been so good. And so I want to read it to you. Um, it's titled The Wise and Foolish Builders, and this is in Matthew 7, verses 24 through 27 and it says this therefore everyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice is like a wise man who built his house on the rock the rain came down the streams rose and the winds blew and beat against that house yet it did not fall because it had its foundation on the rock but everyone who hears these words of mine and does not put them into practice is like a foolish man who built his house on sand. The rain came down, the streams rose, and the winds blew and beat against that house, and it fell with a great crash. And to me, you know, at first we were not, <laughs> we were definitely not one of those families that had our foundation for our life built on Christ. And I would say that even after we became Christ followers, I don't think we fully understood no, what, not at all. what that meant. I've um, ran across this great saying or description about this passage um, that I used in the Bible study. And it, it says this, it says, the idea that in Jesus's illustration of the two builders, each house looked the same from the outside. The real foundation of our life is usually hidden and it is only proven in the storm. And man, I just can't think of much truer statement that, you know, from the outside, a lot of times we all look alike. But when the storms of our lives, when things don't go right or start to fall apart, that's when we really see what our life is built on. And I feel like, you know, for if we're talking about families, um, you know, we want, I know for me and my husband, Carrie, we want the foundation of our family to be on Christ and built on Christ because I've learned and my husband has learned through personal experiences that that's you know, life is hard. stinking hard. And if you don't have your life built on that foundation of Christ, um, you're going to, you're going to fall oh. and you're going to struggle. And the thing to me is that I think families want to navigate these storms well, um, but they, they don't, have, they don't know how, they don't know how, mm -hmm. they don't know how. And that's the thing I love about this passage is it says, you know, build your house upon, was it my words? You know, put them into practice, kind of like what you were saying. Mm -hmm. um, and that's really what we want to do in the the podcast is to put the how to, with the who. With the who. <laughs> I have a saying that 
um, because the world's way is how. Give me seven steps. Give me seven habits. The how. Teach me how. And that's the world's way. But God has shown me it's not about those. Jesus didn't come to give us seven steps and seven habits. He came to give us his life. So the who, meaning Jesus, is the how. I'd really like to write a new book called Horton Here's the Real Who. <laughs> and and because that's really for me what changed my life. You have so many you have like a list of titles of I know books it. that I, are all I know. inside. If anyone of you. out there that's a writer that wants to help <laughs> me write a book, I will gladly take it. Yeah. And so um I know like for me, um where we are, you know, our oldest is kind of getting into those tween age years which God bless you. Holy cow. <laughs> I am always of the thinking of like little kids, little problems, big kids, big problems. So we're really starting to step into this season of having to navigate some really, really hard things. And I know the heart of both me and my husband is we want to do them well and we want to point them towards Christ. But we still don't know what we're doing. And so that's what we want to do here is just to help equip. equip. And it's the same thing with marriage. Like yes. we want to um, we want to navigate our marriages well and love our spouses well. But, you know, there's a lot of impacting variables of hurt and anger and resentment and unmet expectations that go into all of that. And so that can be squirrely too to flesh out right those things that that Jesus says so and when we don't when we don't build our life on Christ and his words and the things that he calls us to um, if we don't have that solid foundation um, it can fall apart it can crash mm -hmm. all right and right. and we know that from you know firsthand experience so, Mom, what would you say were some of the crashing moments for you that really shaped your faith today and the, the heart of No Heart Left Behind? That's a great question, Alicia. Um, there's just so many of them. Um, two that specifically come to mind are the death of Beverly. And, um, and Beverly was the foster child right, that right. you had talked mm -hmm. about earlier. And... Um, and I think the biggest one, though, that had the biggest impact was uh, my husband's disbarment uh, from the legal profession, which subsequently, ooh, that's a big word for me. <laughs> Very good. <laughs> so subsequently led to us losing our house, our possessions. Uh, from there, we lost our position in the community as a well-thought-of couple and family because of the sin of my husband taking money out of a trust fund to really try to protect me and keep the men, keep the uh, family together um, because that's where I got my identity from was possessions, the position I had in the community, the popularity and the pleasure I could have. Yeah, it's yeah. it's funny, um, you know, how parents pass down to their kids what is important and what is a priority. And I can remember as a kid, you know, just feeling that pressure to always perform and, and have it together. And even like, even going to church, I mean, we went to church way before I think we would say we were Christ followers. No, I, I went, I, the only reason I went to church was so that people could see me there and that I would be part of the, I don't know. In crowd. In crowd, the 
people would look up to me. She's a Christian, but I wasn't at the time because I just went to church. I, yeah. It's like. Yeah. yeah. And so when, um, I guess, what would you, what would you say, like, how was that the breaking point for you? Like, well, because I came to the end of myself because my whole life was wrapped up in all of that stuff. And, and so at the end of all of that, coming to the end of myself, I came to realize that when Jesus was all I had, because that's literally all I had. Yeah. I found out that Jesus was all I truly needed. Gotcha. Um, so how does that revelation or experience, I guess you could say, um, how has that really shaped what you do in the ministry? How has it shaped No Heart Left Behind? Well, because the people that come into my office, um, their whole life is caught up in worldly things. And so I have a saying that a lot of my clients, uh, one young lady in particular, giggles whenever I say it. I say to her, I want you to know the Jesus I know. Because the Jesus I know is the one that picked me up out of the muck and mire, those storms of life, and set my feet on solid ground, which is the word, and then uh, gave me a new song to sing. And so that's the desire of my heart for the ministry, that people come in and they can change their perspective to look unto Christ, not look unto the world. Yeah, and I think, you know, that's really what we want to do in this podcast, too, is just helping people have eyes to see that there's healing and life and freedom and the abundant life that God promises us when we build our lives on the foundation of Christ and what that looks like to flesh it out, not just know a bunch of Bible verses about it, but to like really dig into like, okay, what does that look like? It's to give you hope. Yes. I I think hope is a big word that people come in to the office and they feel hopeless. Mm -hmm. And so to be able to show them one from my own experiences, because I always tell them if God can heal my marriage, he can heal any marriage. And if he can change my life, he can change anyone's life. Yeah. Hence the name hope. In the heart of family life. Right. So, Okay, Alicia, you've been asking me all the questions. It's time <laughs> for me to ask you a question, and I'd like to ask you the same question, okay? What, were you, what would you say are some of the crashing moments that really have helped shape your faith today? Um, well, I would say for me, you know, having been through the same, some of the same experiences, but just with a different set of eyes as your, as your daughter, I would say that I probably had a delayed um, crash is kind of what I liked, you know, because this just lie of having to hold it together and being too blessed to be stressed and all those like Christianese things. Um, I don't really feel like the crash happened right away. I feel like, um, my crashes didn't really come until college. Um, I was an athlete growing up, as you know. And uh, played basketball. And uh, when I went away to college, which was really far away from where I lived, it was up in Massachusetts, um, God in his kindness just started to strip away all of the things in my life that um, I had really built my foundation for my my life on, you know, just things of... Um, relationships, um, my ability to play sports, 
you know, I got injured and, and my career didn't end up going the way I had wanted to. And I was lonely and just all of these things that I looked, um, you know, to build my life upon, um, God just really took away and it was painful and it was uncomfortable and it was messy and it really landed me in a dark place, but I will never forget coming home and sitting in a church service feeling so broken and um, far from God and just hearing this message that felt like for me, like straight from the mouth of God through this pastor. And he put up on this screen, like a bunch of signs of a faulty foundation of, and I mean, out of, I think there was like 10-ish things. And I think I had like seven of them just in terms of if I was looking at my life and they were things like, no peace and anxiety and, you know, some sin and just all these different things. But I realized that I was building my life on stuff that couldn't last. And that's really kind of when I crashed um, and realized that I needed to build um, my life on something else. But the really cool part, I think, I mean, as you know, Mom, um, so that was years and years ago. But, you know, the past couple of years in terms of COVID and then um, dad getting a cancer diagnosis, I mean, it's been a rough couple of years. And, um, I mean, those have been our storms. They've been some of the hardest years of our life, I would say. Yes. And I, I've, I've, the phrase that comes to mind for me is just this, the idea of the beauty of a do-over. And I feel like you know, walking through this valley and these set of trials, um, they were still really hard and um, a lot of pain. But to see just how far God has brought us in terms of individually and as a family and just how he has rebuilt the foundation of my life and our family's life and, you know, my kids and my husband, just the, I don't even know the word, um, closeness and intimacy of knowing that no matter how things turned out, we were, we were going to be okay. We're going to be okay. And that it was just such a stark picture of how awful that first round was, but God did that so that he could rebuild our foundation on something that would last. Um, So just praise God for that. Okay, so this part of the podcast, um, we have titled this Counselor's Corner. Okay, so Mom, you have been a certified belief therapist for how many years? I don't know. I have no idea. <laughs> Maybe 15. Yeah. So what is your favorite thing about being a belief therapist? Oh, I love it. I love what I do because um, I have the privilege to go into my office every day with the Word of God and then to be able to love on my clients um, because truth be known... Um, 
some of us don't feel very loved because of our own shame, etc. But yeah. being able to, what I love the most is being able to speak to them about Jesus, seeing the Holy Spirit work on their hearts, and to be able then to see behavior change because of their the hope that they have, the forgiveness they have for one another, the, the grace, mercy, all of those things that God provides through Christ. Yeah. yeah. And you're... Your jam is oh, definitely marriage. I love watching, you know, marriages be healed by Christ because be only mainly because of how my marriage was healed by Christ. And uh, we've been married for 50 years. I met my husband when I was 18 and he was 17. So we've known each other 54 years. But to see the change in our marriage is just, it's a miracle. I totally, you know, me and some of the other girls in the office kind of laugh at how marriage counseling is like your favorite thing. And we're like, oh my gosh, how do you navigate just the fighting and the screaming? <laughs> so that is definitely your gifting that that is like your favorite, favorite thing. I love it. So what we want to do in this segment is kind of bring your office to our listeners to where they feel like they are cozied up on your counselor's couch with the, what is that stressy pillow a thing? stressy pillow. Your stressy pillow. We want to give this segment a feel like um, they can talk to you about whatever issues right. or questions that they're having. So if, um, so what we're going to do is some listeners and our supporters have emailed us questions about anything related to family family life, any kind of family-focused issue. And we're going to read the question um, during the show, and you're going you're gonna to talk to them kind of like as if they were sitting in your chair. And then I'm going to chime in. I obviously wouldn't be in the counseling session, but <laughs> it's a loose <laughs> interpretation. <laughs> okay, so you ready for our first counselor's corner question? Question. Okay. A listener or actually a friend, sent us an email and said, do you have any advice about talking to kids about mental health, especially in context to them seeing the occasional mental breakdown from an overwhelmed mama? Well, that's a great question. Um, I think where I will begin is to take a look at that word. The word that sticks out to me there is mental health. And as I have talked previously on this podcast, I've talked about how the mental part is associated with the spiritual part because you live from the inside out. And so you live from your spirit, which then leads into the thoughts, which brings an emotion, which brings an action. So basically what you're saying, like we said before, is you can't you can't separate the others. So how do you talk to kids about mental health? Well, the first thing is to listen first, okay? Don't try to fix it because sometimes when the kids are, when your children are talking to you, they just want you to listen to them and to say uh, that you know uh, you're, that you're sorry that they're feeling that way or that there's no, you know, don't tell them they shouldn't feel a certain way. I think that's a mistake a lot of parents do. Oh, you don't need to feel that way. And so then what a child feels is very discounted when you do that. And so that's the first thing in talking with them about 
mental health problems, etc. Because I don't think they approach you as a parent from that perspective of, Mom, I need mental help. Okay. Well, I don't even think they know. No. Well, depending on how young they are. Right. They, you know. They're just struggling with something and they want you to either listen to them or ultimately help them solve the issue. Okay. And so uh, when you're talking with them, also show them that where the problem is, is in that um, let's take a look at the dynamics of what you're going through. I mean, because mental health flows out of spiritual health and so and or spiritual life so it's really important for you as a mom or um, a parent to be able to set the foundation of understanding that this mental quote-unquote problem that they are having really is deeper than that so if i understand what you're saying what you're saying to me is that if we are trying to talk we really can't talk to our kids about mental health without being cognizant of their spiritual health. Right, right. Because out of our spirit or out of the heart... The mouth speaks. The mouth speaks, or that that affects our emotions and our thoughts. And so to try to separate and just talk about the mental health, you don't really get to the root of the problem. Is that what you're saying? Right, right. When, When you're talking about the problem, ask them what they're feeling, okay? Ask them... Um, what's, what's the word that you would say, um, that, uh, is coming to mind? Do you feel inadequate? Are you feeling worthless? Are you feeling, uh, or do you believe that you are, um, that nobody's listening to you? Try to identify the root, which is the, the belief that they have that then leads to that thought which leads to the emotion trying to try it's what i call heart pain words and um that's one of the things that i look at in the counseling room is what what do you believe to be true and oftentimes we let our feelings become our truth that's the world's way instead of letting the word of god be your truth we all grow up as a an individual letting our feelings become our truth. Right. And feelings, I feel like, are a good... You can't... Again, you can't detach those two from each other because feelings are a good indicator uh, or a signal of what's going on inside of us. Right. But it's definitely... It does not determine what truth is. What truth is. Because our feelings can can lie to us sometimes. Right. If if you wouldn't mind, Mom... um, I don't know. I just really love the second part of this question. You know, do you have any advice about talking to kids about mental health, especially in the context to them seeing the occasional mental breakdown for an overwhelmed mama and man? I would would like to defer that answer (laughs) to my daughter who is in the midst of that in her life at the moment. You know, I'm 72 and far removed from that. So I think my daughter is more qualified to speak on that. So I'm going to turn it over to her. So I just want to say that I, this is a tough one because you want to, um, you want to do it perfectly for your kids and you want to be enough for them. And so sometimes when you're like trying to talk to them about things that you yourself are struggling with, you almost feel disqualified, I guess you could say, mm-hmm. to talk to them about those things. But I had a friend, um, I had, I heard, 
I can't remember if it was a friend or a counselor. It may have been a counselor. Um, because this is an issue that I always struggle with is just that wanting to be perfect and do it perfectly. Um, and I, I think it was my counselor that said to me, Alicia, your kids don't need to see your perfection. They need to see your humanity. And I was like, just like mind blown. And, and I think what she meant about that, um, is just that kids need to see how we handle those life, those breakdowns, those times when we're overwhelmed. And then, and because a lot of time, I mean, I am like the queen of getting overwhelmed because I overload my plate too much a lot of times. And my mom is sitting here rolling her eyes at me. Like, yeah. Um, And I don't always handle it well. And I don't always respond well. And I blow up and um, they see me get frustrated. And I think in terms of letting them see my humanity, it's when I do those things, am I able to go to them? And if I need to ask for forgiveness, ask for forgiveness or ask them, hey, how did it make you feel when mommy got really sad or was yelling and just have a dialogue with them that really just opens up the door for them to be able to see my heart and see, hey, I'm not perfect at this either, but, um, but you know, God is working on my heart to change the way that I respond. Um, you know, a, a friend did say to me one time, Alicia, you don't need to be their savior. You need to point them to their savior. And I really feel like having that humility and being able to go to our kids and ask for forgiveness and see that we're not perfect and how we handle our imperfection really gives us an even better stage or platform to talk to our kids about mental health and our journey with Christ and um, how to navigate that well, that it's there's grace and it's never going to be perfect. Right. So... Great advice, Alicia. Thank you so much for joining us on No Heart Left Behind's Hope in the Heart of Family Life podcast. We hope you felt seen, encouraged, and just a little more equipped to love your family well. If you want to learn more about No Heart Left Behind, be sure to check out our website, www.noheartleftbehind.com, or visit the link in the show notes. If you love the podcast, we would love it if you would follow us on your favorite podcast player. And if you love this episode, please share it with a friend. Your encouragement is not just for our egos. It really helps others find the show and encourages them to check it out. Mother Teresa said, if you want to change the world, go home and love your family. So until we see you again next week, go home and be a world changer.